We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I thought everybody did an unbelievable job. They battled... uh... You know, Quincy had to play a lot of minutes, which he's not used to. He did a really good job. I thought that, uh, you know, we're not making shots at the three-point line. We're making twos, but we're really just not – we're not making enough shots at the three-point line, and that's something that is important for us to win these kind of games. But I thought these guys battled as hard as you could ask them to battle. Uh, Joe made some really big plays to keep us in it. Marek got some opportunities. He just He's just not finishing the way he can. But when you lose your best player, one of the three or four best players in the league, without being able to practice, it's, it's difficult. But they did everything they could. We got right back in it. NC State shot. They made 11 threes out of 25. That's pretty hard to do. And I thought our defense was overall was pretty good. But that was the difference in the game. You said you've been kind of not hard on Quincy, but you've been saying he needs to be better. He's he's getting better. He's got to be better. He he ran out of gas the last 10 minutes. He was disappeared. I think, you know, he just hasn't played that much. I think he got tired. But he was really good for the first 30 minutes of the game. Really good. And, again, I want the best from him. I want more from him, and I think there's more there. They did a good job on Buddy. They were pressuring him, and he got off balance, uh, wasn't getting good looks. When he got in the lane, he got some, but he was getting hit. You know, they don't call any of that stuff. They just call it the other end. But, you know, we battled hard. Hopefully we get Elijah back. We'll see. We don't know what's going to happen with him, so we won't know until probably Saturday uh, whether he'll be able to go. But, you know, just... Things like that happens. It's unusual. I've never had a player in 44 years get hurt in the warm-ups, but first time for everything, I guess. Uh, disappointing. Disappointing. He's a team that pressure. I don't. I don't even know something down there. But anyway, it's a perfect game for him. They're a pressure team, and that's where he thrives. So, very disappointing not have him tonight. Thank you. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. Welcome. Happy Wednesday. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. If you like mediocre shows about Syracuse sports, boom. You're in the right place. Boom. Boom. Um, real quick, I don't know if you listen on SoundCloud or not, but if you do, I'm stop uploading there. And I'm stop uploading there because um, there's not a ton of people who listen there, for one. For two, I do it manually. And three, uh, it, I just realized it doesn't count for our downloads. Now, I'm not like... You know, it doesn't matter that much, but 
if I got to do it manually and it's not counting towards downloads, that that's where I stop things. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, um, makes sense. So yeah, SoundCloud, we'll keep it there, but we probably won't be uploading after this episode. Just so you know, um, uh, is that it? I think that's it. Joe's ready. Yeah, that's it. Good show. Um, yeah, that's it. We'll see you later. Uh, Syracuse State takes a step back as they fail to pull out the win against NC State, suffering a 79-74 to loss, uh, falling to 14-10 and and, what, 7-6 and in the ACC. So uh, we will talk about all that. There is redemption around the corner. If um, if you want to stay positive, there's there's something to look forward to there, and we'll go over all that. And um, the first one will be Florida State. Syracuse will travel to Tallahassee to face number eight Florida State at noon on Saturday. So we will talk about all of that with you. We'll get to your feedback. We're going to condense what we have to say to listen to what you have to say. And um, as soon as as soon as we do this, as soon as we do this, now listen. I don't know about you guys, but for me, uh, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I just feel like betting on my team because they're my team. The truth is, I don't ever bet on my team. I'm reading this. The truth is, I don't yeah. ever bet on my team, <laughs> okay? That's the God's honest truth. If you bet, if I, I feel like betting against my team, then is it like a win-win for me? You know, I put 20 bucks down on, the, on, on NC State, I win money or Syracuse wins. Whatever. It's like paying for a win, but I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you are a first-time better, that's okay. My bookie uh, welcomes all that come to play. They can answer any of the questions that you might have if you do have any. Their customer service team is waiting. If you're the kind of guy or gal who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, for instance. If you like a couple of the big favorites of the week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet on multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one, I mean no one, gives you more ways to win. And uh, if you really want to support your team this season, bet against them at mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR. C-H-A-I-R to activate that offer. That's promo code chair to double your cash today. Visit mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, my bookie. All right. It boom. was boom. It was a valiant effort. It was. Without our star player, Elijah Hughes. It just too many mistakes and missed opportunities. Uh, some guy named Devin Daniels went on a 7-0 run all by himself and put his team up 69-68 with 4.26 to go. NC State would then ice the game with a three by C.J. Bryce, and that was pretty much the dagger. Uh, the good JG3, a career-high 30 points, despite going 1-10 from distance. We said he needed to get off the slump, and he did. He got off the schneid. He had a fantastic game. Uh, Syracuse, The Syracuse defense did kept, keep Funderburk uh, in check for the most part and in foul trouble for nearly the entire game. Gary A with a double double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and only one foul in 37 minutes. Obviously, it goes out saying that that was his best game of his young career so far. Plus five on the boards, 27 to 32 for Syracuse. The bad Syracuse could only muster up 12 points on 19 
NC State turnovers, while the Wolfpack racked up 23 points on the Oranges, 15 turnovers. Syracuse uh, got up 16 more shots than NC State, uh, many of them around the rim, and Syracuse just couldn't finish, especially in the first half. They ended up shooting uh, 39.1 from the field altogether. The Ugly, 3 from 18 from 3, 16.7 between two guys, Buddy and Joe. Um it, it it's not going to get done when you're when your best players out of the game. It's tough to get it done, I should say. Uh, but you know the 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 shooting from behind the arc has been pretty bad. Uh, Buddy wasn't feeling it, and and it and it showed. I saw him pass open uh, pass up a wide open three and and toss the ball off. So uh, he wasn't feeling it. So anyway, yeah. No, <clears throat> that was. Again, kind of a mixed uh, emotions when you start that game because you're looking towards, okay, this is a big win, right? We need to get this win, big game. And then just with Elijah Hughes, when he when he went out and then bang, you know, he hit the chair, I knew something was up because a lot of times that's, you know, pretty much universal language for an athlete pissed because he can't play through something. You know, a lot of times there's situations where athletes can play through certain pain tolerances and stuff like that. But when you got a muscle – uh, it just is debilitating. It doesn't let you do <laughs> what you need to be able to do. And you can severely, severely hurt it even more trying to do too much to where you're out for way, way longer. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a touchy, touchy thing. And, and as soon as, uh, I don't know about you, but as soon as Elijah Hughes was out and then I saw the ice go on his groin, the left groin there, I knew he was pretty much out for the rest of the game. And I was very, very nervous about <laughs> how that game was going to go. Cause I know they ended up getting up what 20 to 11. And yeah. um, to be perfectly honest with you, I was very surprised I mean, for the most part, a lot of people think that Elijah Hughes is going to go to the NBA. So we pretty much got a sneak peek of what next year is going to look like. Right. Minus whoever we get next year, as far as in coming in. Right. So I think it's, I think but, that's fair. I think it's fair. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, you're going to have an off season to get better right, and stuff right. like that. But I, I mean, going against, you know, and, and we'll hit it up a little bit when it comes to fan feedback. But going against a senior laden team like that, that really was they, they started to figure out how to get their open shots and stuff like that. Um, I thought we played pretty well. I was impressed. I was surprised that we were even leading the game. What was it? 67 60 at some point around seven minute mark seven in the second minutes. half. So, yep. yeah. Uh, but you know, we out rebounded them and we had, we did the little things, the free throws, all that stuff. It just came down to, again, taking advantage of some of their, their turnovers, but, uh, the three point shooting, three point shooting has been kind of a dagger. And I mean, there's no, I mean, our defense hasn't been great, right? We've given up. I mean, teams are going to score on us, especially teams that got some offensive guys, some shooters like these guys had. Right. Um, yeah. but the three point shot really is what's killed us in the last couple I don't want to turn around and say we might have beaten Duke or whatever, but I know the Clemson game and this game, uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't have lost if if we've been shooting the three pointers the way that we did the first half of the of the year. So it's unfortunate, man. It's the three balls that need to get it. Uh, yeah, and we started so strong. We did. We started so strong, and everything seemed like it was. Um, shaping up, and we were just looking for maybe a little bit more defense. I thought the defense played good, but um, you know, for in the spurts, most- there was a second half spurt there where I don't know if we could put it on our defense or their offense, but uh, probably a little uh, bit of both, right? The transitions, we were getting back. Transitions were what? We, I well, said yeah, we, we, we got back a little slow. 
a couple times. We got back a little slow a couple times, and again, that comes down to you know we we lost a guy that plays forty minutes a game. That's the best right. player. I mean, he's the second leading scorer in the ACC. Right. So all that's got to be put into perspective. Because I, I mean, me being kind of the unemotional, kind of logical type. I was looking at it like as soon as Elijah Hughes is out, I put it in my head that we we're going to lose that game. So anything after that was pretty much a pleasant surprise. Mr. Positive. But it wasn't a surprise when they came back and beat us. So Right. Yeah, well, it's, it's losing the late it leads, man. It's losing the late leads. All right. Let's hear from you. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. All right, y'all know what to do. Go to the socials at the end of the game, Facebook and Twitter. I prompt you to leave a comment by asking for your thoughts. Do so. I will get it. We will talk about it here. If if I choose that it is worthy, essentially. <laughs> um, look, shout out to, shout out to at, at MDMCD88. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or spell it out, but at MDMC, wait, MDMCD88. Yeah, I had that right. Um, he's the he's the guy in the background that was lobbying the refs. I call him, uh, you know, awesome. I thought that was great. So, um, he, he we found him on Twitter, so that's fantastic. I thought that was great. That was the highlight of the game for me, by the way. So, uh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Uh, it was great. <laughs> I will start with at Grimmy33. Uh, we put up 74 without Hughes. This team seems to not have a problem scoring points. It's the closing out of games that's been infuriating. Uh, another late lead loss, Joe. Um, yeah. You know, you got the, the, you could blame depth. And Gary A would play in 37 minutes. Never done that. This season, he did a lot. He played great, but like you heard Coach say in the beginning, he faded away. Oh, yeah. For a little while there, the way that he was playing, I'm like, okay, if he can do this to the end of the game. But again, I think that's just – he's got to figure something out with the depth and with trying to figure something out. I think he's got to give some guys some rest uh, with the way that he had the forwards playing down low without without um, Elijah in there. I don't think there should have been a reason why maybe Gadang gets a little bit more burn. Um, maybe every once in a while, like when they went small, when NC State was forced to go small because their big men were in foul trouble, uh, why not put Buddy down there at the wing and get another guy in there? But uh, for the most part, it was working. It's just you kind of see it. And if, if you notice, there's kind of been a trend. It's usually, and I think we talked about this the other night, um, the end of the first half, end of the second half, it seems to be like that we kind of fade, right? And yeah, yeah. I think that's we just, about I it think last that night does doesn't always have a lot to do with legs, but I think in certain instances it does. And I think last night it did. Yeah. I think, you know, I think, I don't know for sure, but last night I felt like it was a trend that when we lose leads, when we hold, we seems like it's not so much maybe a trend as it is a pattern. It's a thing that's been happening. Uh, Well, I guess that's the same damn thing, isn't it? So losing a late lead in the first half and going into the locker room either, either, without the momentum are down altogether and then coming out kind of starting strong and holding together or getting the lead like we did last night and then losing it again. I just feel like 
that's to your point. I mean, you know, they get that break. They come out again a little bit more energized. And then it's just, you know, you only got five guys playing, six guys playing most of the time. It's a fast-paced game like that. And you could see it in a couple of transition buckets. Yeah. Uh, Gary A getting down there lazy in one particular time on an alley-oop. And it's like, you know, you could, it's it was obvious. Me. Yeah, well, and NC State, their focal point when they when they do, I mean, they play tough in your face defense. You know, I mean, we pressed. I mean, not not a really tough press, but I mean, they pressed almost the whole game, right? Yeah, as far did. as the inbounds and this, stuff. And I mean, inbounds, it wasn't yeah. like necessarily there to get a steal as much as it was there to just kind of tire you out. It's like a mosquito. Kinda, it's like a mosquito. Yeah, just annoying. Yeah, you know, yeah, like a gnat at a barbecue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, and they did a good job of it. They deflected the ball a couple of times. They frustrated. I think they got a turnover <laughs> off of one of those at one point. Yeah, so, they yeah, they're they were always they're always right there. So, uh at Orange Cop 44, our buddy Tim, at this point, I think it's safe to say a tournament bid is slim to none. Maybe a deep run in the ACC tournament gets them in, but it's hard to see that happening. Teams team plays hard, is young and talented. The future is bright for Syracuse basketball. I, I would take this backwards. That's absolutely correct. Um, obviously, I think that a lot of these players on this team will be here for a few years. I think Joe, obviously, Joe and Buddy Mark's got one more year left. He's probably going to have, you know, uh, a great senior year if, if we compare it to anything he's done in his junior year. But um, right. as far as the bid goes, look, we got we do have. We have two games to try to flip that script a little bit, and it's not going to be easy. And, Joe, you mentioned something to me last night, and I, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about, about Hughes? I'll let, you, yeah. I'll let you explain that. Yeah, well, just as far as making sure that he's going to be ready because – and we'll, obviously there's some um, some fan feedback on the uh, what the postseason outlook looks like, but – um, you kind of wonder, do you, do you make sure that Hughes is healthy? I, I mean, again, this could be, you know, grade two, grade one, grade three, just mild strain to where it's just a day-to-day thing. But if it's, if it's, you know, up there as far as like a high grade strain or a pull, he could legitimately be out a couple weeks anyway. But, uh, just giving these guys the experience, giving these guys, um, the chance to play without Elijah and figure it out uh, might be, you know, maybe a blessing in disguise. I don't know if it's going to get us wins on the road the next two games, but uh, I don't think we win those games if, if Elijah doesn't play. But to be able to get Elijah some rest, get him healthy, maybe help his hands, his groin, everything, and allow some of these younger players to grow, uh, maybe Gadine gets more confidence. Jesse Edwards, I think we've been seeing, has been getting some more confidence. Gary Ayer had one of his best, probably his best his game, best right? Game. Yeah, so his best game. Joe Girard had his best game. So yeah, um, it's true. And we'll talk about Buddy here in a second. But again, that's so it's it's kind of one of the things you, what do you want to weigh out? You know, if that groin's not right, and I mean, the groin and muscles can be lingering things. Do we want this thing to linger and actually affect our chances? Because at the end of the day. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The five, the five games after these next two games on the road and the ACC tournament are more important than these next two. Right, so you're talking risk versus reward, basically. Right. You know, do you do you chance it? These games are going to be tough to win anyway. They're both on the road. Not that you're not that you're rolling over and pissing on yourself, but you're you're kind of um, you know it does. There are some things. There are some positive. And I say things off the air all the time. Same to Joe. It's just you know <laughs> human nature. But there's no point in me coming on here and spewing negativity because you know it's like nice to sit back and look at it. Joe kind of balances me out with that, and he brought up a couple good points yesterday. I thought it'd be important for him to to explain that. So there are positive things to take out of he was not playing. You get to well, get these kids some burn. Hughes gets to settle up. You got five games you do have to win to close out the season and ride that momentum into the ACC tournament. We've talked before the ACC tournament is 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 this year. Uh, there's a legit shot to run deep. Um, so it just you know it just depends on. And how you fall into it. But. Well, yeah. And Demi, I mean, do you want to question? Do you want to put up? Do you want to put up his health for the rest of the season and maybe right. games that we should win right. later on in the season to, you know, take that chance of playing against teams that we might not be able to beat with Hughes? Can healthy. I be honest? Can I be honest? Let's, let's just say hypothetically that it's between trying to win these games and 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 get into the NCAA tournament and possibly having a um, you know, a Hughes that's not a hundred percent healthy, and going to an in and trying for an NCAA bid, or having Hughes healthy going into a NIT. I'd rather have Hughes healthy. First of all, for his own sake. Second of all, for just to close out the season, I'd rather have him healthy. That's just well, yeah. And again, if you risk his health and you do get a win against Louisville, but then it costs you two more wins down the road and you lose the teams you shouldn't because he ends up re-injuring it, right? right? So, again, there's a risk versus reward, but I I would imagine that they're going to take their time because, I mean, this is great growth, great growth um, and experience. Yeah, and let's just hope that we don't – we're talking – like we're speculating here. No, yeah. We got three more days, so – you know, he could possibly be 100%. So, and yeah. maybe that's yeah, why he played last night. Go ahead, go ahead. You got one, go. Got a couple on Facebook uh, that have to pertain to the NIT. One, uh, top fan, Daryl. Buddy oh, absolutely okay. was terrible tonight on both sides of the ball. 
And I'm going to read two before we comment, by the way. Okay. Um, Hughes being out hurt. This team is much better than its record, but bench with limited playing time also hurts. One game at a time. I hate to say it. This is looking more like an NIT tournament team. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then the other one that I wanted to kind of couple on that because okay. I wanted to kind of hit up on Buddy right here was um, Josh said uh, Buddy isn't ready to be the focal point of opposing defenses without Hughes on the floor tonight. He was, and he proved he isn't there yet. He is still one of the most improved players in the ACC. Tonight shows you what the presence of Elijah Hughes on the court means to this team. So just coupling that, I mean, yeah, we threw the one on there, right? Where he talked about the NIT. So I kind of wanted to throw that on there with piggyback off of the one that you just read, but also, um, it had a little bit to do with buddy being awful. And then this one guy had talked about how buddy, um, isn't ready to be the focal point. So, well, you know, to win last night, we needed, we needed buddy to come through and they were close. It was a valiant effort. I think that sometimes this team does look like an NIT team. I don't think there's any denying it, but they fight every game, you know? And, and, and like I said, you know, I'd like to stay positive when it's mathematically, you know, when it's mathematically, um, help me out here, Joe, you leave me hanging. No, it's mathematically possible to still make it. Yeah. Right. When it's mathematically possible to still make it, um, I would like to just err on the side of, you know, they still got a shot. They still got a shot. They still got a shot. But, you know, right. um, what do you think about that? What do you think about making Buddy the focal point in the defense? I don't even know if that's... No, again, I mean, it, he, it happened by default, really, right? right. I think yeah, what it's yeah. basically saying is, is that by with Elijah Hughes being on the court, he basically gets the other team's best defender every time. Right. Now, sometimes they'll switch off and, and go on Buddy when he's really getting hot. And I think that that's, that does have a little bit to do with when Buddy does maybe go off for one half and the next half he doesn't, right? Because he becomes the focal point because he's on fire. You know, he's scoring 18, 20 points a half. Then the other team's going to do something, right? So that's when you see Hughes turn around. So it's tough to have a team to have the defensive guards to be able to to, to stop all three of the guards, and especially Buddy and Elijah. But it just shows you how difficult it makes it for Buddy when Elijah isn't in there. And again, yes, he's most improved in everything, but all this does is really show you a little bit more of, I mean, every player has limitations that they got to get through. And a lot of players take just the natural, um, just steps towards getting better, right? Freshman come off the bench and just kind of help out, you know, three point shooter, sophomore comes in, puts, adds a little bit more to his arsenal, still shoots the three, but he can take it off the dribble, you know, do things like that. But now we've seen the next limitation we've seen the next, you know, so that's, that's something for, throughout the rest of the season and, and off season and progression. And, and we, we find out if he just is who he is here, or is he going to be able to make, make that next progression to be able to go against those number one um, defenders on the other teams? Cause next year, if Elijah goes to the NBA, uh, he might have to. Yeah, he might have to. I thought, I thought, you know, they would have switched some defense to, to Joe a little bit more, but they, you know, they really were worried about buddy getting hot. I mean, you don't want get buddy to get hot and they did a good job. And it is what it is, and that's what Coach was saying in the montage about Elijah Hughes, how Elijah Hughes, um, you know, he, he, he strives in that kind of environment. So um, he's, able to, oh, yeah. he's able to do a lot more than the guys on the court. And so losing by five really doesn't look like that, that bad when you think about it and put it in perspective. Was it five or four? Was it 70, I think 79-75, right? Oh, no, 79-74. 
Oh, okay. Five. Yeah. You know, four or five still, whatever. I mean, but if Elijah right, plays, right. we win. So, and just right. to go on that too, this, I hate to say this is looking more like an NC, NIT tournament team. I think it's fair to say that our record and resume looks like an NIT team. But when you watch us, I think we look like a tournament team. That's, that's a fair assessment. It is. Just don't have that one win to hang our head on yet. So, um, at, hold on, hold on. At, ZW Rodborn. Uh, I this this is a two-parter. Okay, so bear with me for a second. It's pretty good though. I ask all Orange fans if you knew before the game you'd get zero points and three minutes from Elijah Hughes. What would you predict the result would be? An L, right? Uh, this team has surprised a lot of us with how they have played. Probably going to take wins at FSU and Louisville to get a berth. But this team shows lately they can play with anyone. JG3 attacked the rim and Guerrier played like a possessed man. This team is capable. At the very least, this game was exciting, albeit disappointing in the end. Let's hope for a speedy recovery for Elijah Hughes. Go Orange. So, that's the, that's the mindset. Let's Let's soak some of that in. Let's soak some of that in right now. Because like we were just saying, and that's piggybacking off of our last point, Joe, is that um, if you knew at the beginning of the game, well, you did kind of have a feeling at the beginning of the game, (laughs) (laughs) Elijah Hughes wasn't going to come back, and you thought, okay, well, we're going to lose. Well, we didn't get blown out by 20. It could have been ugly. You know, we we could we could have went out there and laid a, laid an egg and, and gotten blown out, but we didn't. And this team passed the eye test last night. I thought everybody did a really good job. I mean, minus minus Buddy, but you know, uh, everybody's not everybody can play. You know, brilliant every game. But I did think that Buddy was going to come out in the second half and do something. Yeah. And it just never it just never came to fruition. But yeah, well, he had a couple times where he took advantage of when Braxton Beverly, when they had some switches and stuff. But in the second half, they finally put Markel Johnson on him after he had made a couple shots, and that pretty much ended that. So, and you got to love the positivity. I just I got one right here, uh, Robert, top fan from Facebook, right? And he's got the o- the Oakland Raiders as his oh, uh, yes, I love profile Robert. picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is just another way. I mean, we had a lot of. Um, a lot of comments and a lot of people, obviously there's emotional things, things said, obviously right after a loss. And, um, I think a lot of it has to do with putting into perspective, like we were just talking about and, and being able to look at the positives and know that, you know, when Elijah Hughes is out, then it kind of changes, changes what your expectations should probably be. I don't think you can still, I mean, granted we were up at six or seven in the second half, but NC state was not playing that good. And we were, I think surprising them in some ways, but for the most part, um, that was never out of like, like we never had control of that game. And I just, for some reason, the whole night always thought that we were going to eventually that that was what was going to happen. But either way, take Hughes 16 to 20 points per game away. It's tough. Big props to JG three. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. I mean, mean, it's just, and that was what I hung my hat on at the end of the day. There was two guys that came through that needed to step up. And step. Can you believe Gary A had one foul that whole game? No. Can you believe he lasted 37 minutes? If he doesn't last 37 minutes, if he lasts 20 minutes, we might get, we might get crushed. So um, a work in progress, man. And he, he, he played the gauntlet last night, 37 minutes. The only three minutes he didn't play was when Hughes was in. Played the whole yeah. played the whole game, pretty much. Yeah. Well, we needed him to. That that changed the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, you got any more? Yeah, I got one. Well, I got there's a bunch, but the the one that I really liked again, top fan Torian. Oh uh, yeah, Torian P. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and again, he, <laughs> they hit on a lot of the common hits on a lot of everything that some of what we talked about, a little of what we haven't, and I think it's just, it's good. It's a good comment anyway, so that's why I wanted to kind of save it for last so we could hit up what we hadn't talked about um, that he hits up. So you want to save it for sp- last? I got one. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I got one more. That's quick. At Tony Staffieri, the loss had nothing to do with Hughes. It's a good point. It could have still still won that game without Hughes. I don't know if it had nothing to do with Hughes' injury, but I think what he really means is is if if you're going to say we lost because Hughes didn't play, there was opportunities where Syracuse could have won that game. You know, for instance, 12 points off of 19 turnovers. We've been usually 19 turnovers. We'd garner about 22 points sometimes. Okay. So, you know, something around there. It's usually one or two points above the, 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 the turnover margin. So, um, you know, things like that, the Dolajai, how many, how many buckets did he miss right at the rim? There's a couple layups. There was a layup by Goodine missed one. I mean, yeah, you well, talk about all those. Yeah. They things. had, when when Elijah Hughes goes out and you turn around and say, oh, well, Buddy Beheim and Dolzai are going to have to be the ones to carry the weight, right? And they both had five turnovers piece. So, and then you have Joe Girard and and, and Gary Ayer had the best games of their, of their freshman um, careers thus far. So, uh, but again, I just, I mean, yes, were we in position 100%, but uh, you got to be able to look at it as far as, like I could see if it was a situation where, again, we knew that Elijah Hughes was injured and we had some practices to be able to put together a game plan knowing that Elijah Hughes was going to be out. But um, when you lose a player just like that, like and then you still, you know, I mean, the way I look at it is you lose that game. You can definitely blame it on that player being injured. If it's that close, you know, I just and I mean, and if it and if you can't look at that, like they talk about the NCAA committees, right? When they talk about tournaments and stuff, they even put injuries into account when they look at certain teams and losses and stuff like that. So if it's doesn't matter and it's not that like, yes, could we have won without him? 100 percent. Right. But yeah, I think that's his point. But you're well, right. yeah, you could have won without him. But if you lose, then you can definitely point to him being injured as the reason. I mean, I think that it was obvious that some people were burnt. Uh, there's they were just burnt that burnout. I mean, there's a couple plays where I saw. I mean, there was just guys that just couldn't get back because they were too winded. And yeah, again, uh, you know, you I know Howard Washington, small, little, 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 small minutes as far as Godine. Uh, and I think that the, the game plan and those minutes and the way that we attacked them would have been differently um, if not for uh, Elijah Hughes. Didn't so. even play Washington. What do you think about What do you make of that? Ah, I think that's Joe's playing too good. good. Okay. okay. Fair enough. My opinion. All right. Uh, Tor- let's hear from Torian. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> so they responded well without their best player, which was good to see. I thought they would lose by 20 once Elijah had to sit mm-hmm. right there with you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Would have been nice to see Buddy sit for a bit. He really struggled. He gave up the two threes late in the second half and gave us little offensively. Not sure it would have changed the outcome, but I believe Gadine could have given some better minutes and likely better defensive energy. Guerrier gets a and he had his you know the uh, the arm flex the the bicep flex emoji. Mm-hmm. JG3 was great to see an undersized freshman dominate a bunch of upperclassmen the way he did. He deserves more credit. Loved seeing him take it to the rim and play with supreme confidence. 
Yeah, it was awesome, and, man. I mean, go ahead. Well, that's why I wanted to to save this one for last because I, he does hit a little bit of everything. I mean, his init- the initial thought of what was going to happen when Elijah didn't play is exactly what I thought, and I thought Gary Air played great. I did think that we thought I thought Gadine was going to get more minutes. I mean, a lot of this comment was a lot of what I was thinking when it comes down to it, and then I especially wanted to to have it be the last one because just Joe, Joe Girard, he doesn't get enough. I know he shot one for 10 from the three point line, but I just don't think that he gets enough credit for the, for his responsibilities is, is a true freshman on this team. And then coming out in again, one for 10 from the three, not great, but he scored 30 points And to right. Torian's um, comment. Uh, those are nothing but senior guards that he's going after. Yeah, it's a very, very. Um... I mean, Markel Johnson is he is a he is a he's like right there on the line of NBA or not. Like he is <laughs> he's fringe NBA player, right. senior. And Joe Girard was scoring on him, and at some points, it looked easy. Easy. Yeah, it's a it's a veteran team. We talked about that in the you know in the in the pregame or the preview last episode. So um, just. Uh, some great points. I can't be mad at Joe going one for ten and missing nine three pointers. I mean, you can look at it; and it looks ugly. If he scores nine points or ten points, you you, you got a right to complain. But I don't know, man. Um, I think he was just trying to help his team. And 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 Joe has brought up. I don't know if he said it on the air, but he's given Joe tons of credit uh, that has hit my ears about you know it's the things that he doesn't that you don't always see that don't go down on paper that Joe does that makes him so valuable. So yeah, I mean, pretty much for the whole game, he was what getting the ball and going up pretty much full court, Five having to get through rebounds. two. I mean, yeah. that just gets old after a while. It gets annoying, and so a lot of times. It gets monotonous, and sometimes you kind of get lulled into turnovers, and especially as a true freshman, sometimes you get tricked into stuff. I mean, yesterday, minus, you know, obviously the outside shots that he missed that, again, some looked a little rushed, and maybe you could put a little bit of that on maybe his legs or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, he scored 30. Where would we have been without him last night? So Yeah, screwed. Um, All right, let's go. All right, Syracuse will head to Tallahassee to play number eight Florida on Saturday. This is only an opportunity to boost that resume, get that get that signature win. The tip-off is set for noon. The all-time series between Syracuse and Florida State sits at 7-4 and four in favor of Syracuse despite losing to Florida State in our last two meetings. we got to go all the way back to January 2017 when Syracuse won 82-72. to Andrew White, the top scorer in that game with 24 points. Uh, Florida State is coming off of a 70-65 to loss to Duke. So um, I don't like going into those games sometimes. That bothers me. Uh, so far this year, they've, um, they're led by six Six foot six, hundred and eighty pound sophomore guard Devin Vassell. He's averaged thirteen point four points a game. He's also leading his team in rebounds with five point three and blocks with one point one. And yeah, to top it off, he's leading the team in shoot point uh, three point shooting average with forty two percent. He's followed up by two more guards, Trent Forrest, a six four senior. He's averaging eleven point six a game, four point two assists, two point one steals, and MJ Walker. We all know this guy, um, six five. 
uh, junior. He's averaging 10.4 points a game. And as a team, Florida State is shooting 45.7 from the floor, 76.9 from the line, and 35.8 from three, which is really good. 35.8 from three. Oh, yeah. They just, well, they just beat Duke, didn't they? Or no, they lost. No, they Duke. lost by five. At yeah. Duke, though, at Duke. At Duke, close game. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was looking at. And they're twenty and four. They've only lost four games, and they've all been road games. So they haven't lost a game yet this year at home. So again, that's sometimes uh, some things that I look at. <laughs> so we would have to break a trend, which obviously those things are eventually broken at some point, right? But um, though this is a team when I sat down and watched the game the other day against Duke, and they're just. <laughs> they're just all over the place defensive wise. Um, they're very long, athletic. Uh, when you think that there's a lane, or you think that there's a, you know a passing or a driving lane, those things close pretty quick. And they don't have the greatest size, but as far as their main forwards, Patrick Williams and Raquan uh, Gray. Um, Patrick Williams is six eight, two hundred twenty five pound freshman, and um, Raquan Gray is six uh, eight. 260 pound sophomore. I mean, he is a load. Yes. I said 260. Yes. So, and the thing is, is it's not even like he's like a big boy. Like he just had, I mean, he's just, he carries his weight. Well, let's just put it that way. So he's not a very um, easy person to, I mean, he's going to be the guy that we got to worry about around the rim, boxing out, things like that. Um, But this team, another thing has gone pretty much with Florida state for pretty much past like, two, three, four years, but they just always bring in these same kind of just forwards and guards all play defense. They seem to all be able to shoot a decent percentage from the three point line. And, uh, Leonard Hamilton, he's got them coach <laughs> coached up to where they just know how to play together. Um, so this, this is a tough out, especially in Tallahassee, um, especially not really knowing what's going on with Elijah Hughes listed as day to day at this point. Um, but I've had groin and hamstring pulls, so I, I know where my thoughts lie on that and what they should do. But um, not going to be an easy game. And they move the ball around, and like like I said, I mean, what Vessel is their best one of their what their top score at what thirteen points a game. So that just tells you yeah. what what they do, right? They, get, so, they spread it around, man. You got yeah. You got 13.4 points from Vassal and Force, 11.6. Walker, 10.4, like I said. Williams, 8.5. And they're all shooting, um, you know, 43%, 45%, 35%, 44%, all from the field. Yeah. That's your yeah. top and against And against Duke, they had eight players that played at least uh, double-digit minutes and another three that, that still had, I think, five-plus minutes. And that Raekwon so Gray, he's, he's averaging half a game, so – you know, yeah, but I mean, it's, that's what he he runs waves at you because they play with depth. They play, um, they try to speed you up, and they play very, very tough in your face defense. And yeah. you're going to be able to be allowed to do that. You know, it's going to be tough for us, if they, especially if they figure out a way to move the ball around um, and get some open shots, which teams eventually do anyway at some point against a two-three zone, but. Again, it's it's just going to be a tall order. Even with Elijah Hughes, it'd be a tall order. But um, the, the the main thing I'm worried about, and what's really going to be uh, telling, really, if Elijah Hughes doesn't play, I mean, according to Ken Palm, Florida State is adjusted defense is 14th in the country, adjusted Jeez, offense is 43rd. Right? Yeah. So you're talking about a top 15 defense, and that's really what you're looking at, right? So, um, 
Buddy's going to be getting the same type of attention. defense. Yep, the same type of attention. Uh, now, granted, if we know Elijah's not going to play, now we have um, time to practice <laughs> and get ready for that game. But again, uh, depending on what goes on with Elijah Hughes and what that whole status is and everything, I just you got to be able to temper your expectations and understand what the situation is. Yeah, you know, I mean, so let me ask your opinion in something then, you know, do you think, by the way, they don't play Louisville till Wednesday after Florida State. I don't know how much, I mean, to me, that feel, I feel Louisville, like. Louisville plays Saturday as well, so they have the same. Yeah, and, and, and we got, you know, it's a week from today. where we So we only right. got one game before we play Louisville. So if you look at that as far as Hughes' recovery time goes, I mean, we'll see. But um, Louisville or Florida State, what's the worst matchup, you think? God. It's like flipping a damn coin, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's why I'm asking you. You're the expert, Joe. No, I mean, it depends on the way you look at it. Louisville, they... They they look to be the the more, uh, I'd say, kind of the better offensive team. I think that has a lot to do with Jordan Nora and the fact that they got uh, an actual center type piece down there with Stephen Enoch um, that can score um, down low. So I think they have a better, more down low game. I think Florida State's offense is a lot of just driving, um, dishing, getting you know the offensive rebounds and things like that. I think that's the type of game you're probably going to see uh, against Florida State. I think that Louisville has probably got the better group of players and team that can actually shoot the three and have a legitimate down low scoring, plus a guy at the free throw line that can shoot. Um, but I think Florida State has uh, a little bit better of a defense. So depends on how you really want to weigh that out. Both games are away. Um, I do believe that Louisville has lost at home this year, but I don't know if that has if that'll go in anybody's thing. Um, tough, but I, yeah, both places are really tough to play. We should mention, obviously. Well, yeah, both. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, like I said, you're. you're ta- <laughs> it's not like you're talking apples and oranges here. You know, you're yeah, talking know, like tomatoes and tomatoes, tomatoes, right? And tomatoes. So I mean, it's it's one of those things where. <laughs> It's a flip a coin type thing, but I think that Louisville's offense is kind of just, and I think we beat Louisville last year too. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of bad. I think Jordan Nora played one of his worst games that he's played, and I think that he's just chomping at the bit to come to just prove that he can eat a that was eat alive at two three zone. That was a home game too when we beat them. So yeah, so I mean, realistically, I think that the better chance is probably Wake Forest only because. We have I mean, a chance to to maybe neutralize some of that rebounding and the scoring down low. And if they're just really, really not shooting good from the three point line, like really bad, like how we shot last game. Like, yeah, you mean Florida State? Then, You're talking about Florida. Yes, State, right? I'm talking about Florida State. Yeah, I think that. I mean, if if you're talking. Who would I rather than beat? Or are you talking about who was our oh, best no, chance? Oh, no, 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 no. I was talking best chance. I, I was talking best chance because when I look best at chance, it, when I size them up. Best chance to me is Florida State. Okay, well, when I size them up, I'm, 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 I'm like whatever one I'm looking at. I'm like, yeah, I'm worried about that one. Uh, oh, <laughs> the best one's Florida State, but but the percentage isn't high. The likeliness isn't. Oh, high I know, I get it for either so, of them, right? So right. I just think that Florida State's a little bit more limited on the uh, the offensive end. So here it, it comes down to this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's going to be an upset. 
and we can't basically, you know, you've got to look at, you know, we, all the basic things. We know this team now. We got to stay out of foul trouble. We got to do uh, our job on the boards. We've got to be efficient with our shots and we got to every everybody's got to contribute. And even then, it's still going to be hard. Let's be honest. Yeah. And that's what if Elijah Hughes is and, fine, and, right? And you, so, I mean, yeah, and you can't and you can't let these guys just shoot at will. And the two three zone is notorious for for just letting all these all these shots from three go. You know, and you, you know, you just look at the NC State game. NC State shot forty four percent from three. That's way above their average. It's the game. It's the game. 11 for 25 to our 3 for 18, guys. That's... Or we just got to shoot a little better. It's one well, of the two. Yeah, you do one of those, though. I think the game's won, right? Without Hughes. Yeah. So no, I mean, our, our, our offense has got to be a lot better next game for that. And again, that's really what it comes down to, right? You're just going to have to you know, keep your eyes peeled and put your ears to the ground and wait to see what you hear about Elijah Hughes because that's going to probably – change your expectations. It should change your expectations. So Don't seriously um, put your ears to the ground. That's a No, not it's literally. A it's a safety hazard. Is socialist? <laughs> socialist. <laughs> but but I'm just saying like realistically if I hear that Elijah Hughes is, is out then I'm going to go into the game with no expectations. Probably take away my anxiety. And, it's an opportunity anyway. It won't take away my anxiety. That never happens. Oh, it's going to take away my anxiety because again, uh it's I'm going into it thinking that we're going to lose and just looking at it as uh, how is this team going to actually look without Elijah Hughes and, and get those guys the confidence and experience and put them in some roles that, you know, they're going to be in. And uh, maybe they can kind of get a head start, maybe this end of this this season and, and maybe do a little bit more. And, you know, I think that's what it is sometimes when you lose your your best player for a couple of games and sometimes it takes those opportunities for some people to actually see what they're what they can actually do, what their actual worth is, and, and sometimes that gives you a little bit more of that confidence boost, even when that guy comes back, right? Yeah, I remember now, when we lost uh, Frank Howard last year, and Buddy Beheim stepped up, won that tournament game for us. I believe it was an ACC tournament game. Right. Well, this is—I mean, with Elijah Hughes out, this is your time to gain yeah. confidence in coach, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when Elijah comes back, he's going to have that question mark in his head, like, hmm. Did Bryson show me something? Did he give me a reason to keep giving him minutes? Or am I just going to go right back to status quo? Right. right and right. if you if you prove yourself, that's that can't go away. Like if you play good enough, that can't go away. Right. Like the way that Joe played, and if he continues that, if Elijah's out for the next couple of games, even if we don't win, he's going to have a little bit more of like, hey, just boost your stock, you sh- man. Why don't you shoot a little bit? Yeah, it's boost your stock. Why don't you shoot a little bit more? You can you you have a little bit more of a green light. Why don't you drive a little bit more and get in the lane? You know, like Versus what it's been the past however many games, right? So, yeah. so all right. Well, good enough for me. Look, <laughs> good. Uh, go Cuse. My anxiety never goes away. Uh, the beginning of Syracuse games, like I look for that under eighteen uh, TV timeout, bro. That's my that's my first like I, I go. I, that's what I do. You go under eighteen, under sixteen. Are under sixteen, under twelve, under. Eight, you know, that's me. That's my countdown, bro. That's when I get up off, you know, just take a breath, go grab. Do you even math, bro? Do I? No, I don't math. <laughs> but all right, that's, countdown by that's, fours here, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Um, I guess uh, we'll be back here as soon as we can. I want to thank all of you for participating. Thank you for um, leaving your comments. Obviously, this that's the point. That's why we asked for him. We love having him on. And, and the better, the more creative you guys get. Like, 
a couple of these comments were awesome this game after a loss. And we're not used to even getting really eloquent thoughts after losses. Yeah. So we appreciate yeah. those. And we're sorry and, if we and, left yours out. Yeah, and it doesn't. There's, there's so many to pick from, so many to just go through. and Yeah. So and we appreciate that's a that's a good problem to have for us. So we appreciate that. We appreciate yep. all you guys listening. Uh, we appreciate my bookie. Thanks for your sponsorship. Go to mybookie.ag. Use a promo code chair. Double your first deposit at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Thanks to James on guitar for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia podcast. The fans voice with Sean and Joe.